Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. A returning guest, one of our favorites. She's making her third appearance on the Wall of Power Radio Hour, Professor Anne-Margaret Daniel. And we are calling these episodes now The Professor and the College Dropout. And uh, we're so excited to have Miss Daniel on. She's a professor at the New School uh, in, in New York City, also at Bard College at Annandale on the Hudson. Her essays on music, culture, and books have appeared in the New York Times, the Hot Press, the Spectator. She's got a great new article in No Depression about Emma Swift's new record, Blonde on the Tracks. She knows quite a bit about F. Scott Fitzgerald and more about Bob Dylan than Bob Dylan knows about himself. Uh, she is very well degreed. And she's been just a delight to talk to. We are continuing our conversation and an in-depth look at Bob Dylan's new masterpiece, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Professor, how are you doing tonight? I'm just fine. How are you, Paul? Thanks for having me back. Oh, well, it's just uh, like I told you the last uh, after the last time, I've gotten such great response uh, as you as our guest. And you're nearing, uh, we've had five episodes with our mutual friend, Charlie Pierce. We call those episodes Checkpoint Charlie. So you just, in terms of a uh, reoccurring guest, just a couple of episodes behind him and you're closing fast. Well, I'm, I'm very happy, delighted, in fact, to play second fiddle to Checkpoint Charlie. He's, <laughs> he's one of my favorite people to talk to and to bounce ideas around about anything. He is uh, he is my go-to guy. I call him, in terms of politics, he is my morphine, my psychological morphine drip for all Absolutely. things political. Yep. Because, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I know what I'm talking about, but I don't really know for sure until I see what Charlie Pierce has to say. Right. Well, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a long-time, he's a long-time columnist for Esquire, and, um, I thought, I thought his, the piece that he wrote on Murder Must Foul when it first came out, and, uh, some subsequent reflections on Rough and Rowdy Ways have just been, uh, fantastic. Yeah, he's brilliant. It reminds, uh, Reminds me what I just said about Mr. Pierce, that I remember years, 20, 25 years ago, they asked a politician, they said, uh, uh, well, what is your, you know, what, whatever the issue is on, on at the time, they said, going on at the time, they said, well, what is your opinion of, of it? And he goes, well, I usually wait to see what Bob Dylan has to say about it before I opine in. So <laughs> it's good to have smarter people around us, right? Like you being uh, around that's, me. That's always the case. You know, as we get back into uh, this further in-depth look on uh, Rough and Rowdy Ways, the new great new record by Bob Dylan, uh, we talked about it last week, but this has got to be one of his smartest records in uh, 39 records that were all really smart. But this one has such literary depth and allusions to it. Uh what would you say about that? I mean, it's it's this thing has a lot of it's really deep. Well, yes, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's deep, as you say, but it's also incredibly elegant. I mean, he's not in in the allusions that he uses the, the many literary and also historical and cultural allusions. Um, and of course, "Murder Most Foul" was just a massive example of that. But um, but all the other songs reflect that same kind of knowledge um, and that same kind of experience. 
it's uh, it's not didactic. It's not it's not like Dylan is is being teachy or preachy in these songs. They're very entertaining. They're listenable. They're uh, some of them like uh, Goodbye Jimmy Reed are danceable, and um, and they're they're deep, but they're not they're not uh, heavily deep. They're not they can be overwhelming but they are also thought-provoking, and that's what I love about them. This first song we're going to talk about tonight with Professor Ann-Margaret Daniel is, uh, I think, one, one of the, the uh, uh, funniest songs on the record, uh, although it has uh, there's some, uh, several dark lines in it, but my own version of you, which when I first heard it, I went, man, it, it, I feel like I'm watching a... A 1940s horror flick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, it's actually, it's the third track on the record, but um, I think for a lot of people when the record came out, it was the first new one that they had heard because track number one, I Contain Multitudes, was released earlier and was False Prophet. Mm-hmm. So when when you when you put the needle down on your vinyl and I of course bought it in vinyl, um, the first new song that I heard was my own version of you and it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's funny it's 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 as funny as something macabre as this Frankenstein project can be. Um, the first stanza tells you what you're in for. It's uh, you know, my own version of you. What do you do from that title? Right. It's obviously someone looking at a beloved. Um, all through the summers into January, I've been visiting morgues and monasteries, looking for the necessary body parts, limbs and livers, brains and hearts. <laughs> oh, bring someone to life is what I want to do. I want to create my own version of you. <laughs> so this, it's like this mad scientist beginning. I mean, it is Victor Frankenstein with his mom. Totally, totally. Um, it's, it's also got kind of a touch of eugenics to it to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's this uh, eugenics, which unfortunately was a fascination in American history and culture in the 1920s. The idea that you could that you could create a perfect person or a perfect um, a perfect human is something that you know was was actually viewed as a science. And today we find it just as creepy as as you should, but. You know, there's something about this song that is that is also, as you point out, funny and gleeful and joyful. Um, this kind of cyborg that the singer is creating is is less a loved one than you know some kind of of really creepy robot monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, loved you it. take the Scarface Pacino and the Godfather Brando. Mix them up in a tank and get a robot commando. I just How love that. I just <laughs> love that. And then when he says, and, every, "and everybody knows what you're talking about," you hear that line, and immediately you get the image of Al Pacino uh, sitting at his desk, or you know, waving that huge gun around, you know, surrounded by piles of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And the Godfather Brando is the grand, old, elegant um, Vito Corleone. You right. know still sinister and terrifying, but also the guy who plays with his little grandson among those tomato plants. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but, then, but then he throws in the, the robot commando, too, which is, uh, which is a kid's toy. Right. Um, and, 
you know, what, what kind of loved one is this? What is it exactly <laughs> that, that the singer loves? Right. Um, it sounds like he loves sort of the fragments of shards of pop culture. There's also a fair amount of self-love in this song. You know, you're, you definitely you're creating it's my own version of you it's not you the beloved it's what i want you to be yeah <laughs> right well you think cyborg i mean when when uh, uh if i do it upright and put the head on straight uh, i'll be saved by the creature that i create and then you get then then i'm thinking uh schwarzenegger and the terminator too i mean it's it's uh oh sure you know so you have the 40s frankenstein and then you have the 80s terminator and uh, and then there's this great line and i believe he might have borrowed this from uh someone else i get blood from a cactus make gunpowder from ice that's beautiful isn't it yeah uh yeah i was i also i also really love it that uh that, you know, Julius Caesar crops up in here. There are a lot of classical illusions on this album, and Richard Thomas, the Harvard classicist who's, who's written um, a lot about Dylan in past years, including that fine book um, on uh, why Bob Dylan matters, uh, has has written an article for the latest issue of the Dylan Review that covers... Um, Dylan's classical allusions in a couple of these songs, um, chiefly I think "Mother of Muses," but uh, but he mentions the others as well. People might want to check that out. Um, I I love it though that in this song, one of the things the singer wants to do is make you play the piano like Leon Russell, Liberace, and Saint John the Apostle. Yeah, I love that those rhymes. You know, the other thing we were talking about uh, in the. Uh, Second time we spoke with Professor Anne Margaret Daniel, um, I had, uh, alluded to a review I wrote, and this guy said that he th- he th- thought this was one of the most intelligent rock and roll records ever made. And I love the line before we listen to my own version of you. Uh, I study Sanskrit and Arabic to improve my mind. I want to do things for the benefit of all mankind. You can almost see Dylan in his study late at yeah, night. I love that. Drinking wine, smoking a Marlboro, and uh, studying Sanskrit and Arabic. <laughs> we'll we'll mm-hmm. listen to a little bit mm-hmm. and talk more about my own version of you with my guest, Professor Ann Margaret Daniel, in the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. All through the summers into January, I've been visiting mugs and monasteries. Looking for the necessary body parts Limbs and livers and brains and hearts I'll bring someone to life Is what I want to do I want to create my own version of you Well, it must be the winter of my discontent I wish you'd have taken me with you wherever you went They talk all night And they talk all day Not for a minute do I believe anything they say I'm booming somebody life Someone I've never seen You know what I mean You know exactly what I mean I'll take the Scarface Pacino And the Godfather Randall Mix it up in a tank And get a robot commando If I do it upright and put the head on straight I'll be saved by the creature that I create I'll get blood from a cactus, gunpowder from ice I don't gamble with cards and I don't shoot no dice Can you look in my face 
with your sightless eye Can you cross your heart and a hope to die I'll bring summer to life, summer for real Someone who feels the way that I feel I study Sanskrit and Arabic to improve my mind I want to do things for the benefit of all mankind I say to the willow tree, don't weep for me I'm saying the hell to all things that it used to be Well, I get into trouble Then I hit the wall No place to turn No place at all I pick a number Between a wild and two And I ask myself What would Julius Caesar do? I will bring someone to life More ways than one Don't matter how long it takes It'll be done when it's done Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Armor. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest for the whole show tonight and her third appearance uh, on our show. We're delighted to have Professor Anne Margaret Daniel, and we're digging deep into Bob Dylan's great new record, Rough and Rowdy Ways. We just heard some of my own version of you. Uh, let's talk more about that song, Professor. Well, it's, uh, you know, you're absolutely right about the funny things in it, but there's also, you know, like the line that you just cited to the benefit of all mankind, the idea of the right spirit being, quote, what they call the immortal spirit, right? Mm-hmm. You can feel it all night. You can feel it in the morn. It creeps in your body the day you were born. Um, the ending of this song is a real grace note. There's a sudden burst of violence with that blast of electricity that sounds like Frankenstein vitalizing his monster, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, show me your ribs, I'll stick in the knife. Uh, but then the last couplet, I want to bring someone to life, turn back the years, do it with laughter, and do it with tears. There's something just so human and so gentle in that it's it's almost like the singer is singing about themselves. Like, I want, I want to bring myself back to life mm-hmm. in this, in this project that I'm engaged in. And you've got to have the tears of the laughter. Of course, it's, uh, it's a, it's a cliche. It's a stereotype. But the reason that it is is because it runs so deep in human culture and it means so much to people. You know, uh, Murder Most Fall, of course, has, has dozens of, uh, allusions to songs and performers, but there's a couple in uh, a couple allusions to songs in my own uh, version of you. I say to the willow tree, "Don't weep for me," uh, and mm-hmm. then of course, uh, "We small hours of the morning," that classic Frank Sinatra yeah. song. And um, I think uh, there's there's so many connections with Bob Dylan throughout his entire career, but in this record in particular, to other songs, other decades, other styles of music? Well, I mean, look, he's, he's spent the last, um, big chunks of the last decade releasing three albums, and one of them is a triple album, of course, triplicate, um, 
releasing three albums that all cover American songbook standards. Um, critics kind of refer to them shorthand as the Sinatra albums. I mean, a lot of them were songs that were covered by Sinatra, of course. But, you know, they've been covered by everybody under the moon and the sun as well. And every time Dylan has gone back and kind of, kind of set his feet into standards again, he comes out with something absolutely dazzlingly new and yet rooted in the traditions that he clearly loves. Um, you know, he, he records an album like, uh, what is his, uh, it's Good As I've Been To You, mm-hmm. right? He records an album like Good As I've Been To You, which is, um, it's 1992, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Good as I've been to you is, I think, 1992, and it's got songs on it like Blackjack Davy and Sitting on Top of the World, Canadio, that gorgeous version of Canadio that he borrows from Nick Jones. Yeah. Um, the great late Nick Jones. He's I got Arthur McBride and the Sergeant on there. I just listened um, to... Uh, you know, which he's learned from Paul Brady and the Clancy's. Well, he calls but, Paul Brady his uh, one of his secret heroes. No, but it, no secret. I mean, Paul Brady is clearly one of his heroes, and, and rightly so. Paul Brady is, is should be a hero to every musician. Oh, he's a god. I've seen him twice. I just I, I adore his version. Oh, of, he's fantastic in performance. And, of course, Arthur McBride, along with the Lakes of Pontchartrain. I was just going to say Lakes of Pontchartrain. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dylan loves to perform or loved to perform that song some years ago, and he very much used Brady's arrangements um, when he did that. But um, but after recording that album, then Dylan just has this burst of cool new material. Um, you know, this comes out and everybody says, oh, my God, it's Bob and with an acoustic guitar and uh, singing all these old standards. You know, what's up with this? And it comes out in 1992, and then he turns around and look at what comes after that, look at what comes in the wake mm-hmm. of these records, right? He he does the he does the MTV unplugged, which is kind of uh, which is kind of a burst. He 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 releases John Brown on that, and then bang, he hits you with Time Out of Mind, mm-hmm. this magical magical album, right? And it's his first collection of original songs in seven or eight years, and they're they're fantastic, right? Yeah. You know, songs like Not Dark Yet and Love Sick. And he's done the same thing, I think, right now. After steeping himself in the American Songbook, um, in the series of albums that ends with Triplicate, then he said, right. And he releases these gorgeous new songs that are very much um, born out of what he's been doing. And and if you listen to the way he sings on Rough and Rowdy Ways, one thing he's really, really been working on is his phrasing. Yeah. And he is a master of phrasing. He's learned it from two people, I think, primarily. Frank Sinatra and, less noticed, Woody Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Um, Woody Guthrie, think of the way Woody sings a song like So Long It's Been Good to Know Ya. He knows the notes to hold, and he can hold them for a long time. And he uses his breath very much as a powerful instrument. Those are, are Dylan's two great teachers. 
you might want to throw in Enrico Caruso well, as well. It was, and, Dil- <laughs> and Dylan had that for great... For somebody who knows how to control his voice and who knows how to deliver, particularly a long line well, with you, the right breathing. Yeah. Bob had that uh, great line years ago. He said, say what you want about my voice, but I can, I can hold a note longer than Caruso. <laughs> Did he say that? Oh, my goodness. Okay, well... That's, uh, you know, there there are moments on Rough and Rowdy Ways that make me think of opera and uh, the way that Dylan controls the notes that he's singing as well as the breath that's shaping the words. And uh, I'm reminded suddenly of one of the tributes he paid to Roy Orbison, um, his traveling Wilbury brother, after Orbison's passing. I remember him saying that Roy had a great voice. It was a voice like opera. And... Um, and certainly Dylan uh, infuses songs of his memorably with references to opera, you know, Don Pasquale and, and his booty call and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he clearly knows opera, and I, you know, I, I don't know if he goes and hears it when he's on the road, but you have to assume on an off night, if you're playing anywhere near La Scala, um, you might want to pop in and hear what's going on. <laughs> We've got Professor <laughs> Ann Margaret Daniel on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Uh, before we take a break and go to two more sets, uh, I want to say that, good as I've been to you, uh, I always thought it was a bit of a, a wink and a nod to his old uh, Dinky Town buddy, Spider John Kerner. And we're going to talk yeah. a little bit more about uh, this record and what I think that Triplicate and uh, Dylan's study of the Great American Songbook had things to do not only with his phrasing, but a lot of the passing chords and other things he used. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll listen to these messages and be right back. On my terrace, lost in the stars, listening to the sounds of the sad guitars, been thinking it all over, and I thought it all through. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. With my guest for the whole show tonight, Professor Ann-Margaret Daniel. We just heard another great Bob Dylan love song off his new record, Rough and Rowdy Ways. I made up my mind to give myself to you. Let's talk about that song, Professor, and... uh, Bob Dylan's Way with a Love Song. Bob Dylan's Way with a Love Song. You know, (laughs) I don't think he gets enough credit for his love songs. He gets plenty of credit for the the sort of the, the love songs that sting and bite for the love songs that are the end of a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, for the love songs that are the breakup songs. Um, 
you got a lot of nerve, right? He kind of invented <laughs> that, didn't he? The pissed off breakup song. He did, he did. <laughs> but he doesn't get nearly enough credit for the songs that just, you know, that just smuggle you up. And he's got them, you know, Lay Lady Lay, come mm-hmm. on. That's, that's a great love song. It really is. Um, and I made up my mind to give myself to you with this this long, almost prolix title. It's like it's something that the singer has had to talk themselves into, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, it, for you to make up your mind about something, you've had to think about it and consider it. It very carefully doesn't use the word love, um, but it makes of the self a gift. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. Look at the way the pronouns shift. You know, it's all I, me, mine, and then all of a sudden it ends up with you, right? I'm going to relinquish control. I'm going to give myself to you. And in that first verse, you know, been thinking it all over and thought it all through, the thinking and thinking and the complications of the mind, you know, they eventually just sort of shave off and melt off and on the wings of that snow white dove, they just fly away, and it turns into a song that's about the heart instead of the head. Mm-hmm. There's no more thinking. There's no more thinking. There's just the feeling of love and the feeling of, you know, peace and contentment that's left. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, reminded uh, when he alluded to the to the white dove, uh, my grandfather was a great singer, and he used to play at, at dances back in the day and walk through the snow in northern Minnesota with his accordion and play for three, four hours a night. But when I was a kid, he always used to sing uh, the Prisoner's Song, which was one of the first big country hits. And uh, with the great line, if I had the wings of an angel, um, you know, sure. fly out of this prison and, and uh, meet his true love. So it, it's funny when you listen to Dylan, you not only hear some of these illusions and can identify them, but you feel some of these illusions from other places, other songs, other things. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and Dylan will never use just one song when he can use two at once. Mm-hmm. His line, his couplet is, in, in, in this song, he, he writes, if I had the wings of a snow white dove, I'd preach the gospel, the gospel of love. And that's not only the wings of a snow white dove, but it's also the song you just mentioned, If I Had the Wings of an Angel or These Wide Prison Walls, I Would Fly. He puts both images in there together. And, and of course, the... the original image from which it's coming, and he mentions gospel twice in the stanza, right. is, is you know, the idea of, of the dove as a religious symbol. Mm-hmm. And it's not just from the, from, from the Gospels or the so-called New Testament. But it certainly goes all the way back to Noah and his ark. Um, isn't that the bird that was released and that came back with an olive branch? So, you know, all this is packed in there. All these memories, all these connections are packed in there. And the great thing about these new songs of Dylan's is maybe you know a lot of these illusions and maybe you don't. But they're going to remind everybody of something different. Everybody's got something in their head. You may not know either one of those songs about a dove, but, you know, it's still a beautiful line, the way Dylan uses it. Right. And maybe if you go thinking about the wings of a snow-white dove and you think, oh, that's a really beautiful line in the song, 
you may click on and Google it, and all of a sudden you see that it clicks up these other songs. You press a link in this modern day and age, and you listen to it, and Bob Dylan has just introduced you to a beautiful old song that you've never heard before. And yeah. he's great at that. One of the one of the truly wonderful periods of Dylan's career for me, selfishly, was his time as a kind of an avuncular DJ on Steam Time Radio Hour. I thought I think that was some of his greatest uh, in that time. Oh my some goodness! Of his greatest Wasn't work. that wonderful? I listen to those shows all the time. I have a bunch of them on CDs. I I still have my favorite car has a CD player. God, <laughs> yeah, mine I too. I, I I have really old cars, <laughs> but. My, I, I always carry those CDs with me. I coming um, coming along the Hudson Valley. I was just driving uh, back home to Woodstock. I listened to the California CD because I'm meant to be actually in Los Angeles right now, doing some research at the Huntington Library in LA. And of course, with the pandemic, all such trips are closed down. Um, I was meant to have been in Tulsa at the Bob Dylan Archive a month and a half ago doing some research there. Nothing like that is happening now. But I was driving back, you know, through the Catskills, really missing California. And I thought, hmm. And I popped in that CD and I listened to Bob's whole show on California. Hmm. And it's just gorgeous. The songs that he chose, the, the way he introduces them, it's, um, it's an amazing thing, a resource to have. And in a lot of ways, these new songs that he's written now remind me of that show. He's he's teaching you something, he's informing you, and he's broadening your world without being didactic, without being academical or being professorial about it. He's he's an entertainer, and he's making sure that you have fun. Well, and he had enough of that uh, uh, Borchbelt, Shecky Green humor. I remember when he did a... uh, (laughs) Uh, episode on Mother's Day, and he goes, uh, you know, and he's got a, just a great deadpan. He goes, yeah, he goes, I bought, oh, my, yeah. I bought my mother-in-law a chair for her birthday. He goes, but she hasn't plugged it in yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm bummed. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, those shows really did make me laugh out loud. I mean, you're kind of groaning as you laugh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, the, be- it's the best kind of uncle humor, you know? <laughs> yeah, uncle humor. You know, I'm... Uh, He's such a great DJ, and of course, uh, you know, yep. in Murder Most Fall, which we're going to get it, we're going to yeah. spend a whole episode on just that song uh, coming up soon with Professor Ann Margaret Daniel. But uh, I worked at a radio station in my hometown of Virginia, Minnesota, which is 20 miles east of Hibbing, uh, a place called WHLB. We used to refer to it as We Have Lousy Broadcasting. But that's where Bob <laughs> came over. Uh, on his graduation night with his girlfriend and a buddy to listen because there was a black DJ named Jim Dandy that was his radio name and uh, that used to Mm -hmm. broadcast. And uh, rumor has it that Bob used to go to his apartment and borrow uh, records as well. So Bob's history with, uh, with the radio goes goes way back and you know he was listening to all those skip shows from you know the wolf wolfman jack show down in mexico and the stuff coming out of the uh, uh you know south yeah and, the Grand Ole Opry and, and, and you know what he he pays the most beautiful tribute the most loving tribute to that 
in what is increasingly my favorite song on Rough and Rowdy Ways, the song Key West Philosopher Pirate, when he talks about, you know, when he sits you down there in the boondocks in Key West and you're listening to the songs on that pirate radio station. That's just so gorgeous, isn't it? It's beautiful. And you know what? Uh, as, as fate would have it, I have a buddy of mine, Jack Smith, who's originally from Wisconsin, and he started a radio station in Key West 15 years ago that he calls Pirate Radio. So, you know, there's Pirate Radio in Luxembourg and... uh, Yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's... um, Yeah, there's... I mean, there's all kinds of... There's all kinds of Pirate Radio stations. That that ship off... It's a great idea to to think about Pirate Radio stations, but, you know, I... For me, Pirate Radio totally means Radio Caroline. Um, yeah. For me, it's always going to be going to be Radio Caroline or Mi Amigo, I guess. Was that uh, the one on the ship? Uh, uh, which was uh, um, Ronan O'Reilly Station. Uh, named for Caroline Kennedy, by the way. Really? No. Yeah, he named it, he named it for Caroline Kennedy, and his whole idea, um, he, he first broadcast in 1964. It was Easter Sunday, 1964, and Ronan's idea, and he recently passed away, God rest him, but Ronan's idea was to break, basically to break the BBC's monopoly, and what his whole point with Radio Caroline was to help young artists and totally unknown bands get their careers going. And that was... And he, bro- was, he was just fantastic. What he did, he figured out that there were these unlicensed ships in Europe that had pirate transmitters, basically, uh-huh. And a lot of them were a lot of them were playing it, you know, to to sort of um, block against the Russian music blockade. Um, Tom Stoppard wrote a whole play about this called Rock and Roll, about young people in Prague um, who were still making music and making rock and roll and listening to illegal music from America and from England and from other places in Europe um, during uh, Soviet control of Czechoslovakia. But that was the whole point of Radio Caroline, which, you know, which for me is always going to be the pirate radio station right. I think of when I think of pirate radio. Well, my friend Jack dug it anyway. My gentle holler. A kiddly small Dr. Shibakuli Her death is on the wall Say it to me Have you got something to confess? I heard all about him He was going down slow I heard it all The wireless radio down in the blue dogs, way down in the keepers. I'm searching for love, for inspiration. On that pirate radio station, coming out of Luxembourg and Budapest. Radio signal. Clear as can be I'm so deep in love That I can yeah, hide Yeah, that is such a beautiful song, Professor. 
And the other thing, speaking of allusions to older tunes, it starts off, uh, McKinley hollered, McKinley squalled, doctor said McKinley death is on the wall. Mm-hmm. First recorded as McKinley blues or White House blues, it's also known by, in about 1928, by Char- uh, Charlie Poole and the North Carolina Ramblers. So, the great, uh, great, great Charlie Poole. Um, <laughs> one Charlie of the first Poole rock and rollers. Charlie Poole is one of my favorite, favorite musicians of all time. I, um, you know, so uh, only, only old in the way. You just sit and cry for hours, right? <laughs> he was magnificent, Charlie Poole. All, lived all too short a life, but um, he was a complete wild man. man. He recorded some fantastic music when he was alive. That guy was the Keith Richards of the 1940s. <laughs> I think there were a lot of Keith Richards in the 1920s, yeah, frankly. A whole lot of moonshine going on. Let's talk a little yeah. bit more about your favorite lines in Key West, uh, Professor Daniel. Well, actually, in Key West, um, I, I like the melody as much as I like the lyrics. Um, in it's it's got it's got such a feeling of nostalgia to it but it's a strange nostalgia because it's always it's also got a vitality and an energy to it but nostalgia is often lacking nostalgia tends to kind of wallow down and you know become very self-referential and dismal about itself Mm -hmm. but there are so many positive notes in this song so many so many generative notes like that are that are that are pushing you to create right you're you're kind of broadsided by this um by the ending for me at least of stanza two i just gasped as it was going along i'm searching for love for inspiration on that pirate radio station coming out of luxembourg and budapest and you're thinking oh yeah a long time ago nostalgia searching for love and then wham all of a sudden you get the line I'm so deep in love that I can hardly see. It's like, wow, that that search was over quickly. <laughs> and I mean, but but to me, literally, I got through to the end of this song, and I thought, my God, this is a love song. It's it's a love song to a way of life. It's a love song to various kinds of music. It's a love song to a person. You know, sort of, hey, who's the lucky lady? It, it, it has all these things going off in your head. Um, it's it's also a love song to some of the music I think Dylan likes best. Um, there are notes in it of the kind of sea shanties that he learned from Paul Clayton and from Dave Van Ronk back in the day. Um, th- you can't listen to a song about the Keys and about pirate radio stations and not think about the late great Warren Zevon mm-hmm. and and particularly his song Mutineer, yeah. right? Which which Dylan I heard Dylan cover in concert um, as as basically as a tribute to Zevon um, after Zevon's death, and of course Zevon is mentioned on this record and uh, and the great the great song that he recorded with uh, with Dennis Wilson. Um, you know, Dylan has the look away down Gower Avenue. He's got that floating in from Desperados Under the Eaves. So, so 
there's there's a little bit of a Zevon spirit to this song, and I mean that as a compliment to both musicians. Yeah, I heard uh, on my birthday in 2002, I was in Chicago at a uh, Dylan show, and he played that. Uh, that was back when he was doing Brown Sugar and um, yeah. just a couple other great great cover tunes. We've got a couple of minutes left with Professor Ann-Margaret Daniel. The, you know, that first chorus in Key West, uh, Key West is the place to be if you're looking for immortality. Stay on the road, follow mm-hmm. the highway sign. Key West is fine and fair. And this one is the knockout line for me. If you lost your mind, you'll find it there. Key West is yeah. on the horizon. Line. Oh, man. It's like, you know, there's, there's hope. And then the other great, you know, right after that, the next uh, verse, I was born on the wrong side of the railroad track, like Ginsburg, Corso, and Kerouac. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the and the my favorite my favorite conclusion is that uh, feel the sunlight on your skin and the healing virtues of the wind. Key West. Key West is the land of light. Under the sun. Under the radar. Under the gun. I mean, he he has so much fun. Or at, I I don't know if he had fun or not. I'm just saying I have so much fun listening to those patterns like under the sun under the radar under the gun mm-hmm. where he takes where he takes um he takes a a, a contemporary phrase right or, or a, a well-known phrase under the sun you know nothing new under the sun that's a phrase shakespeare used yeah. under the radar it means a specific thing under the gun you know i'm really under the gun i'm, I'm under pressure for work he takes these these um these popular phrases and, but the way he strings them together is unique and magical and different, and that's why I just love Bob Dylan as a songwriter. <laughs> well, like like he says at the end of Key West, I play I play both sides against the middle, trying to pick oh, up yeah. that pirate radio signal. Okay. And Margaret Daniel, this is so fun. I so enjoy talking to you. When we first, a couple episodes ago, when you are telling me about your childhood and you grew up as an uh, only child, they go, yes, and she's young and used to read a lot, and that's why she's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about smart. I'm, I'm uh, as, as the man said, very well read, it's well known. Um, but he, he didn't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anne Margaret Daniel, we thank you so much. We are going to have one more episode and talk about, spend the whole show just talking about Murder Most Fall. But thank you so much for your time and have a wonderful weekend. Always a pleasure, Paul. Thank you. Have a great weekend yourself. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Patrick Lilia. We'd like to thank our guest, Professor Anne Margaret Daniel. We hope everybody out there is enjoying these last few weeks of summertime. No state fair this year, but uh, we'll figure out a way to have some fun anyway. Mask up, wash your hands, stay strong and positive, do creative things. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Follow me at paulmetza.com.